0: Welcome to GivePod, Greater Vancouver's business podcast, unpacking the challenges and opportunities facing our region. I'm Bridget Anderson, President and CEO of the Greater Vancouver Board of Trade. We are doing a series of episodes addressing the labour shortage in our region and calling on experts in various sectors to share their perspective on how we can address it. Today, we're going to discuss a demographic that doesn't nearly get the attention it deserves, most people don't know that nearly 15% of BC residents over the age of 15 identify as having a disability. That's more than half a million individuals. Despite ongoing efforts to address the issue, Statistics Canada reports the employment rate for people with disabilities is 18 percentage points lower than for people without a disability. Employment is more than just a paycheck. It also fosters personal growth, a sense of belonging, and the opportunity to contribute to the community. As we look to address the labor shortage in our region, it's the perfect opportunity to highlight groups who are underrepresented in the labor force and the obstacles they face. Joining me for more on this is Lisa Beecroft, co-chair of President's Group, an organization dedicated to promoting accessible workplaces. Lisa is co-owner of the award-winning bakery, Gabby and Jules Handmade Pies and Baked Goodness, as well as Kathy Devano with locations in Coquitlam, Port Moody, and Burnaby. Lisa, thank you for taking the time to speak with me today. Thanks for having me. So how did you get involved in the President's Group? And I'd like to hear more about your passion for promoting inclusive employment. Where does that stem from?
1: So it's um, definitely a personal um, journey for me. Um, Having a daughter with autism is what sparked um, this interest and um, actually it was uh, a chance encounter with a customer in, at Divano, actually where it started Initially, from where he was uh, telling me about his employer, which is SAP, um, a massive employer, um, as we know, and uh, they had a program called Autism at Work, and their objective was to have 10% of their global workforce be represented by people on the autism spectrum, which is such a like an ambitious goal and such a like I was like, wow, that's that's incredible. I'm like, well, if a company like that can do that, like, why can't we set like a, a goal to have employment opportunities created at, at their bakery and, and it worked um, that you know at, we were just in the process of building our bakery and it was named after our daughters um, and Juliana has autism and you know we saw that um, yeah this was definitely as we as you mentioned at the top like they're underrepresented, in people with disabilities are underrepresented in the workforce and it's like how can we help address that and so it kind of came from that like that sparked the kind of the uh, idea and then we just with intention um when we opened the bakery we said we were going to be an inclusive employer and that started a very um winding road of learnings that we've uh, you know had over the years and um then um as far as the president's group came about, um, Craig Richmond was the the co-chair, um, and he was the, um, CEO of YVR at the time. And he, I'm not sure how he heard about us, but he made his way out to Port Moody and we, we had a chat and the president's group had, um, Was still kind of in early days, and it was definitely um, primarily large businesses that were at the table and and discussing how to increase um, employment for people with disabilities. And what they were, you know, recognizing is the fact that small business represents the the, they're the big employer in the province. Like they, they, I think it's like ninety eight percent of employment is created by small businesses. And Mm -hmm. so it's so important that small businesses were at that table because it's such a different reality as far as how you navigate uh, being an inclusive employer. And I think that often it can seem more o- overwhelming from a, from a small business perspective. So they were really um, trying to broaden the perspectives at the President's Group. And so I was uh, the first small business um Uh, owner that was invited to sit at a very intimidating table, I'll tell you, like when you're sitting with some of the top CEOs (laughs) in the province, but um, it's uh, definitely been quite the the journey being there and just seeing how, you know, they're definitely our advantages being a large business as far as the resources that you can um, uh, access. But Mm -hmm. um, I think what we also see from a small business perspective is that you're more agile and you can, you know, adapt your business as you see fit. You don't have to go through every step along the way to to make change. And so it's um, definitely been um, a great journey at being part of the presence group and um, seeing collectively how we're able to um, fully Change and, and hopefully get to our goal as far as being the province with the highest rate of um, employment for people with disabilities.
0: And I want to hear more about the journey that you've been on, but just let's take a step back and talk about the term disability. It is such a broad term. And, you know, I was really surprised to learn that nearly 15% of BC residents over the age of 15 identify as having a disability. So, what does that really mean? And having a disability, it can take many shapes and forms. Absolutely. And I think
1: that, you know, we've had this conversation about um, how to define it um, because we're also um, in the process that the president's group of actually measuring um, our employment for people with disabilities in our, um, in our businesses. And so it helped us kind of like, you know, really look at that definition. And so um Understanding that and look and recognizing the fact that there's invisible disabilities as well as visible disabilities, right? And so, um, you know, I, I how we define it and and it's like you know we definitely have like the mental health component. You have um, like physical disabilities, you have um, learning disabilities, and you have neurodevelopmental disabilities. So I think it can encompass so many different things. And I think that that's where um, recognizing that and acknowledging those disabilities and, and um, really it's it broadened, I think, for me, an understanding of of what people are are living with, and and as we've started to measure and talk about um, disability more, and kind of as our um, our culture has evolved here, I think it, it's really getting a sense of how many people really have lived with disabilities and didn't feel comfortable disclosing it. And so, um, and and I think that being able to feel comfortable with being honest about what you're, you're dealing with. It's just, they can be their true self. And it's also, it's, so that's been a big part of our journey as far as um, understanding and, and recognizing and just creating a safe space where they can, you know, disclose that and feel supported and however they need to be supported with that disability.
0: Well, the pandemic has really shone a light on mental health issues, uh, you know, in people's homes and certainly at the workplace. And there's much more open conversation about it now So as you say, maybe that leads to more open conversation about disabilities. We have a labor shortage issue in our region, and we are all looking at ways to be able to fill the gaps and to make sure that our region can thrive. So when you, through your experience at the president's group, how difficult has it been and does it continue to be for people with disabilities to find employment?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think that certainly people with disabilities are underrepresented in in the workforce, and we can see that from the statistics. And I think that part of that, um, from what we're, you know, seeing and hearing, I think, is that a a large part of that is because people have given up, like, and so, and that's, like, they're not, they're no longer seeking out um, employment actively. And so I think that's part of the story there, too, as far as, as, like, how do you address this issue? early on and that's something that like you know we've um been talking about quite a bit as as far as our business I I work with like local um high schools as far as like how do you bridge um opportunities from high school for when people graduate so that hopefully that they don't become people with disabilities don't become disillusioned with the process right because I think that when you hear no or you know doors are not open for you it's hard to continue to um seek out opportunities i mean rejection is a t- is a tough thing for anybody and, and so i think that, that that is like the experience um and it, as we work to have more employers open to the uh, the opportunities that are there by employing people with disabilities um, hopefully that that happens less and less but i think that's part of the story that's important to to recognize and understand
0: so what was your journey like in hiring individuals with disabilities and what learnings can you pass on to employers who might be considering going the same route as you?
1: There's been so, so many um, things that we've learned um, and how and we've evolved how, how we go about um, trying to be an inclusive employer. Um, you know, and initially, like when you talk about labor shortage, this is what kind of was also motivating um, our inclusive employment because like we would hi- like be posting for a dishwasher and no one was applying. Like it was just, it was impossible to to hire dishwasher. I mean, that's something like, you know, it's generally one of the the least sought after um, jobs um, in the service sector, certainly. And um, so by exploring opportunities to hire inclusively, we found um, some amazing employees. And, you know, one of my, my, greatest like sort of success stories I would say is, is, is our dishwasher Nico and um, he's been with us for over four years which like like that's incredible retention for a dishwasher yeah um, <laughs> and not only has he you know uh, brought so much to us as far as um, just being incredible at his job um, and uh, a fantastic employee he's just a, like this awesome presence that you just you you cheer him on he just brings such joy when he comes into the building he's you know when he's not here he's he's certainly missed and uh you know he um has taught us so much as far as how do we continue to work with with individuals and challenge them and like you know where where he started um and that's his story kind of ties into kind of our journey like when we um as i said we started with intention as far as like we were going to employ people with With disabilities, specifically, really looking to hire people with autism. And um, the team that we had originally, like originally when we opened the bakery, didn't necessarily understand what that meant and didn't necessarily understand um, how to really be inclusive. It was like almost like it became more of a, tokenism sort of scenario. It was like, okay, like I have to deal with this person. I'm just going to put them over in the corner and they're not really part of the team. And, and it was like through kind of my own journey with um, my role evolved. And I, I was able to take um, control of the whole operation. And I saw that and I was like, this is not what we want to do. And we, we really shifted gears there where it's like, no, like it, it's a team. Everyone's part of the team. Everyone's a valued member of the team. And we really started to change our culture as far as how we approached it. So when um, you
0: say you, you hired with intention, maybe speak a little bit more about that, about inclusive hiring practices. What does that look like? You know, in theory, I, you know, I can think about some, some things that would make it more welcoming in the office culture, et cetera, Mm -hmm. or the workplace culture. But what is it like, what are some other policies and practices that could really help employers and also these employees when they come into a new workplace? Yeah, I mean, there's several things I could
1: I could speak to. And I think it's it, um, some of the when you go back to your previous questions about tips uh, for uh, employers who want to do this, I, I could tie this kind of t- together. But from just even the outset, I think this is one of the the key um, examples as far as making those shifts is like how we, we changed how we did interviews, for example, like we just, we don't do typical interviews at all anymore. And it started with wanting for people that were, that were autistic to feel comfortable in the process and not having them sit down and have to like answer questions and feel like they're on the spot. Like they weren't going to thrive. Um, most of them anyway, weren't going to thrive in that sort of, um, uh, like conventional interview process. And so we just skip that all together and we just, you know, ha- like have a kind of a quick meet and greet. And then we just do a working interview, which is just an opportunity to kind of see the space work, um, alongside the team, really get to see what was involved in the job. Um, and we've, pretty much scrapped interviews across the board because we found that most people like really didn't want to be sitting there and ask these questions and it didn't didn't help with our hiring process and it didn't really um, bring out the best in the applicants either so um, by by shifting that we kind of saw that these accommodations or adaptations that we were making, not only serve the people with disabilities, but actually actually made for a better experience for everybody. And that's kind of been our learnings um, throughout this journey is the fact that you think you're making these changes to accommodate, but it's actually like most people uh, appreciate those changes that we've made. And then as far as the intention goes, as far as hiring, a big part of our success has been aligning with um, key agencies in our community that support um, individuals with with disabilities to gain employment. And as a small business, the the biggest impediment or challenge for us is is the fact that we don't have the resources to support um, the training um, in an intensive way as we've discovered some some folks need as far as that um, getting through the, the the learning curve and, and really um, having that one-to-one support and we couldn't we didn't have the resources like we didn't have the personnel nor did we have the um, financial resources to be able to do that but what's amazing is there's so many great agencies out there that you can partner with that have job coaches that are there with you through that whole journey um, as far as the the, the train journey but also the whole duration of the um, employees time with us and so we've had um some some folks that you know are um get through the training and sometimes maybe the training took a a couple months longer but we again we have that one-to-one support with the job coach they phase out and like you know a few months later we're like okay we're struggling with this and this job coach is like right back with us and working through those those um those challenges and um ironing out any of the the issues that we have and so it's been such a phenomenal resource and we've been lucky to partner with some great agencies and so i think that's my kind of my my big tip for um, employers especially small businesses is to find agencies that align with your goals and you know take the time to get to know your business and how they can support you um, in your business and um, are really committed to finding that right fit not just trying to place someone they're really trying to see who's going to be the right fit for your business and so it ultimately is a a win-win for both the employer and the employee.
0: And I'm really glad you brought up the point around small businesses. Um, many of our members of the board of trade come from small and, and medium businesses, and attracting and retaining talent is tough—very tough. Uh, <laughs> very tough uh, you yes. know, for some of these small businesses, especially through the pandemic, and they may have thought until listening to you just now that because they're, they have such limited resources um, and ability to, you know, work with uh, their teams that, you know, they, they might not be willing to, to think about alternative routes to, for hiring practices, for example, or for onboarding. But Mm -hmm. it sounds like even from a small business perspective, that it has been uh, a fantastic avenue for you.
1: Oh, absolutely. And I mean, retention is a
0: huge piece of that
1: like, like I was mentioning with Nico I mean to have a dishwasher that's been with you for over four years I mean that's I don't know like how many people could could say that in the restaurant industry that you have a dishwasher that's like you know not only hanging around but also doing pretty better, rare like right yeah exactly so I mean retention is is huge and I think the statistics support that I mean I think they say like you know it it, it it makes a huge difference and then it 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 goes to kind of the next piece of of this journey for us is the fact that um we started with this intention of being inclusive and how it's evolved and changed our, our whole culture. And I, I I'm always like hesitant to say culture because I find it such a an, I've often used term. And I think that it, culture is something that you have to work so hard to, to preserve and to um, maintain. Um, but we've seen that w- because of our, our hiring practices that we've, attracted people that really look for that in an employer They they um and they want to be part of that um environment and so it's attracted a lot of like-minded individuals and we've just really cultivated this this group of amazing people that are really it's rooted in kindness and um and the support that they have for one another and it's it's created this fantastic environment where people are are staying here and we're seeing our turnover um, again, for an, relative to industry standards to be so low across the board, not only just for people with disabilities, um, but, it, and then going back to like, you know, our original conversation about um, the, the breadth of disabilities that we're talking about, um, we had the opportunity to do uh, this pledge to measure and we, um, we did it um, last year. So it was kind of like a year into the pandemic and our, our business operations changed quite a bit, um, at the beginning of COVID, um, we used to have a cafe at the bakery and we had to eliminate that, um, which unfortunately did result in, in the, um, elimination of a few roles and the, uh, individuals that had been employed, um, were on the spectrum. And so, you know, it was, it was disheartening that we, we lost that, um, mm-hmm. employment opportunity at the bakery and, um, we slowly rebuild. And, um, so I was like, okay, we're going to do this pledge measure. And I wasn't sure where it was going to kind of, I, I figured we would be, um, representing less individuals with disabilities um and we did that that um the survey and actually we ended up higher we ended up at 42 percent of our our folks who work here um self disclosing that they have a disability which was like I, I was really blown away by that and that's not so really, like I would know who those people are and those are some of those invisible disabilities that we talked about because that's definitely not representative of people with autism that work here um but it, we've seen in, in the conversations with Um, some of our our senior staff, as they just said, like, you know, they feel comfortable disclosing and um, they also felt like they wanted to work somewhere um, where they could um, be honest about their disability and feel supported with whatever they needed. So, um, sorry, that was a bit of a. uh,
0: No, this is um, a fantastic (laughs) conversation that it offers. uh, I think, um, different kinds of opportunities for employers to, to be able to solve what is, um, you know, an acute labor shortage in our region. Uh, you work with the president's group as a co-president, maybe you could uh, talk a little bit about what that, uh, what that relationship is like for employers. If they're looking for information to go down this path, how can the president's group help employers?
1: Yeah, there's so many resources that um, are available through the presence Group website, accessibleemployers.ca. Um, the team that of uh, consultants that we work with um, have done a phenomenal job with the website. There's there's great resources. There's some e-learning tools as well, as far as just to really kind of broaden your, your skill set as far as how do you embark on this journey. Um, and again, the other uh, tool that's there is just like being able to um, navigate um, the world of employment agencies and see the ones that are in your community that you can reach out to because I find that they're such a great um, resource, not only to support that process, but also just like really um, being able to assess your your workplace as far as areas that you might need to to address in order to make it more inclusive, Um, but also like, you know, being able to access grants and subsidies that are out there as well. If that like, you know, does kind of aid in that journey. Like currently there's um, grants available from small business BC um, to help um, make adjustments to your workplace. Um, and then again, like the agencies are there to help with um, if there's subsidies that can be, um, you know, accessed that uh, can help. And right now, you know, with, all businesses are feeling the pinch on all sides. So being able to access um, subsidies to help um, is definitely another uh, good tool um, to help in that journey.
0: So Lisa, taking this conversation into action uh, for any employers uh, who are are listening to this, what would be the very first steps that you would recommend to an employer who is considering uh, a more inclusive hiring practice at their workplace?
1: I mean, I think that um, again, setting that intention, I think is really and committing to that, saying that we really want to go down this journey. And I think that um, having those, again, depending on the size of your business, but having those conversations with your team, so that they're on board with that too, and they're part of that journey. And I think that you know, we've had some wonderful conversations where we just are, you know, can be really open about. You know, some of the awkwardness, like initially we were like with um, some folks, we, we were like not sure how do you have conversations about, you know, some people you have to give them more space like you can't like be in their space, you have to be sensitive like you, one individual we cannot whistle around because that's a big trigger so it's like having these conversations and so we started to just kind of bring everybody in so everybody felt they were part of this creating this environment that was welcoming and that was um, creating this opportunity. So I think that, that again, engaging those conversations and then making those connections with agencies in the, in the community again, I, from my experience, that was invaluable and that was um, and not all agencies are created equal in that sense. And not all of them are going to be the right fit. And so for me, it was really about, saying this is the support that I'm going to need in order to be successful. And for me, the the training, the job coaching support is a big piece of it. Um, And so finding agencies that like, you know, really have those resources available um, and really are committed to finding the right fit for you and taking the time to, to ensure that they're not just sending anybody your way. They they really are going to say like, what do you need? Like, how Mm -hmm. are you going to be like um, assessing the success of this individual and and trying to find the right fit? Um, And so those, those are the, the, best key steps and again all of this and it can be found on the, the president's group website where there's lots of resources there to to start on that journey
0: well lisa thank you and again you know the the website and your i think the steps to a successful inclusive workplace communication assessing your workplace and resources and support uh all very good tips lisa we're going to leave it there uh thank you so much for joining us today really appreciated the conversation